We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. A couple days ago on this show, I said that the reason I'm silent about so many colleges is because of their silence on the issues that matter. On today's show, I'm going to share with you some of those issues and why their silence on these issues screams volumes. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. A couple days ago, as you know, if you listen to the show routinely, the topic was why I only recommend three colleges and universities when I'm asked. I used the context of Glenn Beck. When I went on his show for the promotion of my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good, Glenn asked me at the end of the show, he kind of surprised me with it. He said, hey, by the way, You've been an educator your whole life. What colleges and universities do you recommend, if any? And I told him that I only recommended three today. And he said, really? Only three? Obviously, he wanted to know which three. And I shared with him the three colleges and universities that I recommend today. When I'm asked by parents where they should consider sending their sons and daughters are Hillsdale College, College of the Ozarks and New St. Andrews University. And as you know, a couple days ago on this show, I essentially took the entire program to share with you those three schools and why I think they're worthy, worthy of your attention, why I think they're doing a good job. But because it took me so much time to just describe those three schools to you, I really didn't take the time or have the time to explain to you what the issues are, what the ideas are what the discussion should be, what are the key issues in our day, in our time, within the ivory tower, within the academy, within the market square of ideas that colleges and universities should be confronting. So if I'm arguing that New St. Andrews and College of the Ozarks and Hillsdale College, they have a strong voice, they're speaking into culture, they're not silent on key issues, what are those key issues? Another way to look at it is use the example of Dietrich Bonhoeffer again that I cited in the previous show, and I've talked about in other shows likewise. You know one of my favorite quotes is Bonhoeffer's quote, that not to speak is to speak, and not to act is to act, and that silence in the face of evil is evil itself. So what should we be speaking about? What issues should we be confronting? How should we be acting? And if Bonhoeffer was challenging the German people, the Christians in Germany, the German church, to stop sitting on its hands and being silent in the face of the evil of the rising Nazi Holocaust, because you all know what's happening, is what Bonhoeffer was saying. We know what's taking place. We know that our government is putting Jews in boxcars and trucking them off to concentration camps and killing them. And we're not doing anything about it. Oh, we, we may not be actually responsible for the decisions and the behavior ourselves, but our silence 
is screaming volumes. In today's nomenclature, our silence is violence because our silence is compliance. We are guilty of the sin by omission, even though we're not committing it. We're, 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 we're pretending that if we're not guilty of the sin of commission, then the sin of omission is irrelevant, and we somehow can wash our hands and feel good about ourselves and walk away, stick our head in the sand like an ostrich, and let this evil storm just come over our land and pretend it's not going to affect us. Well, that's a lie. It's nonsense. So as Bonhoeffer was challenging his people to wake up, to get a voice, to grow a spine, to take action, to stop things that are wrong, to confront the lie, and to stop the evil, likewise, I think colleges and universities and churches today, individuals, private citizens, you and I should rise up and speak. Stop the silence. Rise up and act. Stop the complacency. And I believe there are key issues, key issues that we should be confronting. They're as clear as the nose on your face. Hillsdale College, College of the Ozarks, and New St. Andrews are confronting these issues. But so many other universities, they're just quiet. They're not saying anything. And that's why I'm quiet about them. All right, let's take a break. When I get back, I'm going to share with you those key flashpoint issues that I think every academic institution should be confronting boldly and clearly, courageously, with confidence in the truth, challenging the politically correct narrative that is destroying our kids and our culture. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. Uh, before I get into these key issues, these flashpoint issues, uh, let me again say that College of the Ozarks, Hillsdale College, and New St. Andrews are clearly speaking into culture. They're not afraid to talk about these particular flashpoint issues, um, and I applaud them for that. Now, some of you may be listening and saying, well, I think uh, at College X or Y or Z is, is doing the same. You may be right. I'm not claiming that I know everything about every institution in America. But as a guy who made his entire career within the ivory tower in the academy uh, as a college and university administrator, I, I, I do have my ear to the wall, and I do watch what's going on, especially within the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities, which I've already covered with you. So if I've missed one or two, then forgive me for that. Bring that to my attention. For example, a couple that might be worthy of your consideration, I'm not sure, but they're certainly better than a lot of the rest, would be Arizona Christian University. They now have the research center under the banner of George Barna. I've given you data from that research center. It's very solid. So Arizona Christian University might be uh, one that I should add to the list. Uh, Cedarville University in Ohio has always done a good job, and I think they're strong. Uh, I don't see them in the news fighting this stuff all the time, but they might be, and maybe I've just missed that news. So a couple other institutions you might consider would be Arizona Christian University and Cedarville University. Arizona Christian, obviously, in Arizona, and Cedarville is in Ohio. Uh, another one that you might think about is Colorado Christian University. Now, the reason I mention them is because they have their conservative summit um, every year where they bring in key leaders, conservative thinkers, 
statesmen as well as scholars from around the country and around the world to speak. And I think that's a very good thing. One of the things that bothers me about Colorado Christian, however, is they still are a vibrant member and a supportive member of the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities. I don't think Cedarville is. I think they withdrew. Good for them. I applaud them. And I don't know where Arizona Christian University is in the scheme of things on that one. So uh, there are a couple other institutions I probably missed, and I just wanted to take time to say that on this show. Now, um, let's get into these issues. We could talk. Oh, one other thing I want to talk about is somebody corrected me and told me that uh, I obviously had missed the mark on uh, New St. Andrews University uh, because they are like Hillsdale College was the claim. They don't take any federal or state money because I said that Hillsdale College is the only institution in the nation that takes zero, zero federal money and zero state money. You can't use it at Hillsdale College. They replace all of those loans and grants with their own money because they've raised hundreds of millions of dollars in endowment to fund their own financial aid system. That's Hillsdale College. Now, somebody texted me or Facebook messaged me, perhaps it was, and said the same is true for New St. Andrews. Well, not really. Um, New St. Andrews will not take any federal grants. They will not take any state grants. That's true. But where they're different from Hillsdale College is you can use a federal loan. You can use government loans, student aid, student loans, to pay your bill at New St. Andrews, whereas Hillsdale College won't even allow you to do that. They want to have a complete separation between themselves, their college, Hillsdale College, and the government. They don't want any any possibility of the state or the Fed coming in and saying, well, you're taking this money, therefore you have to do what we want you to do. Hillsdale College says, no, we don't want the camel's nose in the tent at all, and we don't allow him to even poke poke his nose in at all. Zero, nothing. Now, New St. Andrews essentially has the same posture, except when it comes to loans, they leave it up to you as to where to get your loan from. So if you do bring a federal loan, to the table or a, a state loan to the table in the form of student aid. You can use it to pay your bill at New St. Andrews. Um, so there is a difference there. All right, I spent too much time on that. All right, let's get into the issues that I think are important. I've argued repeatedly on this show that we're asleep at the switch. Colleges and universities in particular, education in the United States is asleep at the switch. Uh, you know, we've got some institutions that claim to be Christian, claim to be classical, claim to be grounded in the, in the important truths of Western civilization and the Judeo-Christian ethic. The Council for Christian Colleges and Universities would be among those institutions. But I'm arguing that 99.9% of these institutions are asleep at the switch. Our country is being lost, and we're saying so little, while our schools have lost their minds, and we're selling our students' souls. Our kids are being butchered in this grisly game of social engineering, and all we've done, all our schools in the CCCU or elsewhere, have done is dink around the edges of failed programs and failed philosophies. And it's kind of like we're just a half step behind culture, where we want to be liked and we want to be part of the cool conversation, the in vogue conversation. We just want to put a little Christian veneer or conservative veneer on it, but we're basically saying and parroting the same thing. We're afraid to rise up and challenge the nonsense and call it what it is. I mean, we're complicit in giving our sons and daughters this malignancy of heart, mind, and soul 
while we're fussing about putting Band-Aids on the cancer. If you've got cancer, you don't try to make it look nice. Uh, if you got cancer, you don't put a Band-Aid on it and expect it to go away. You've got to do radical surgery or you've got to do chemotherapy to get rid of the malignancy. You can't pretend it's going to go away by just being nice about it. You've got to be aggressive. You've got to kill it. You've got to cut it out. Cut it out of the body. Remove it or it's going to take over the entire organism and kill it. Stop and think about some of the issues that so many of our colleges and universities are just being nice about. Or they're saying, well, there's a legitimate point there. For example, we're teaching our students that 2 plus 2 equals 4 is a racist statement. We're really teaching them that now. We have professors that are talking about the objective rules of math being little but a product of white privilege, and that 2 plus 2 equals 4 is a racist conclusion. <laughs> this is crazy talk, and where are the conservative colleges and universities? Where are the Christian colleges and universities in the mix of this nonsense? Are they speaking up and saying, that's a crazy statement, that's nonsense? Oh, you may say, well, they don't teach that at Christian school X, Y, or Z. They may not be teaching that at your Christian institution, but are they speaking out against it? Are they writing columns? Are they bringing in chapel speakers? Do the faculty confront this stuff boldly? And is the institution known for leading the charge and confronting the lie? That's my point here. Silence in the face of this stuff and just saying, well, we don't teach that here, is not the right response. You have to be leading and telling the world why you don't teach it and why it's wrong. You should be hitting the national news for confronting it. And if the institution's faculty and administration isn't on the nightly news for confronting this, or in the local paper, or on radio shows and whatnot for confronting this nonsense, then I'm asking the question, why? Here's another one. We're teaching our students that claiming a female is a biological fact is sexist. So 2 plus 2 equals 4 is racist, and saying that a female is a biological fact and not a fabrication of culture or a dysphoric man who wants to dress up and play make-believe, when we say that a female is a fact, we're being told today by culture, by the secular institutions, by the government, that that is a sexist statement. Well, is your local college, is your alma mater confronting that and saying, what are you talking about? Talk about being a science-denying, misogynist, cultural appropriator to the extreme. Talk about insulting women. women. Talk about being the antithesis of what a classical feminist should be. I mean, you're, you're telling us that being a female, biologically, ontologically, physiologically, that genetically... You're either a female or a male. You're claiming that that's a sexist statement? How absurd is that? If your college or university isn't challenging that, then I have to ask why. Why are you silent in the face of this lie? How about this one? Teaching our students to judge people by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin is somehow a racist statement. So we're actually hearing in our culture right now that the admonition of Martin Luther King Jr. is racist. Because in his famous speech, I Have a Dream, he talked about, he dreamed of a day when we would judge people by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. And today, 
the left, the progressives, the establishment, the norm, the ivory tower, the academy is claiming that's a racist statement. We can't teach students that any longer. If your alma mater, if your Christian college and university is quiet, if they're silent in the face of that lie, I'm arguing that their sin of omission is as great as the sin of commission. Their silence is violence to the truth. And how about our constitutional republic? What are your schools saying about that? Uh, you know that the culture is teaching your kids that our constitution is xenophobic and that uh, America is exceptionally bad rather than exceptionally good. So American exceptionalism in our constitutional republic are being disparaged right now in the ivory tower, in the academy. Is your school confronting that? Is it teaching them why our Constitution is a good thing and not a bad thing, and why America has actually given people exceptional levels of freedom and not, uh, and not the opposite? And we're not perfect, but the American experiment is a good thing. It shouldn't be thrown out. It shouldn't be discarded and lied about through curricula such as the 1619 Project and whatnot. Uh, how about this argument in our culture today that safety is more important than freedom? What's your college or university saying about that? Uh, really, are we going to elevate safety over individual liberty and personal freedom? I mean, uh, as I say in my book, Grow Up, life isn't safe, but it's good. Is anybody confronting the next generation of leaders with that particular idea that Goodness and freedom and liberty is more important than safety and security. How about this idea that's so prevalent today across our culture, across our country, in our colleges, that in our courtrooms and in all of culture in general, that somehow when you argue for liberty, if you love liberty, it's unloving and hateful to continue to make that argument, that you're somehow killing your neighbor if you're elevating the cause of human freedom. Is is anybody confronting that? Are there chapel speakers? Are there faculty? Are there professors? Is the administration writing about that? Are you challenging the accepted narrative of our time? We've literally raised a generation that actually thinks it makes sense to say, I can't tolerate your tolerance. I hate you hateful people. I'm sure that nothing is sure. I'm absolutely confident there are no absolutes, and I know that nothing can be known. This is the narrative that's coming out of my industry, education, your local schools. Is your alma mater, the school that you think should be on my short list, is it doing or saying anything about this, or is it silent? Is it quiet in the face of this cultural storm? We've got to start confronting this. If we don't send our kids off to schools that understand what I'm saying, then education is worthless. We're, we're doing nothing but creating a bunch of lemmings that are going to follow the Pied Piper over the cliffs to our own destruction. Education should be about freedom, academic freedom, intellectual liberty, not about control, not about power, not about politics, and it's not about opinions. It's about pursuing the truth, not protecting your feelings. Is your school saying anything about that? Or is it trying to make all of your precious little 18 and 19-year-old progeny feel good about themselves? Give them another participation trophy, pat them on the back, and not challenge them with anything that makes them feel uncomfortable. Is your college and university more of a daycare than it is a boot camp? 
And if so, that's why they're not on my short list. Oh, they may not be out there waving a rainbow flag. Unfortunately, some of them are. But even if they're not waving that flag, are they confronting it? Are they writing against it? Are they bringing in speakers? Like I said in a previous show, Rosaria Butterfield, which can tell who can tell you why that flag is broken and wrong and why the worldview is bad. Is your college and university bringing in Cal Beisner to confront the bad data, the statistical lies associated with the global warming agenda? Are you dealing with critical race theory? Or are you bringing in Christian versions of the same thing and basically whitewashing this bad idea with a little bit of Bible? Basically adopting the broken worldview of the enemy and just making it sound nice and fuzzy and warm and kind and caring. Is your alma mater, your church school, your local Christian college saying stuff like this? You know, we've talked about pursuing truth in the past, and starting today we're going to talk about grace, which implicitly suggests that the pursuit of truth as your ultimate goal is somehow inferior to the exercise of grace, that there's this false dichotomy between grace and truth, and that being gracious may sometimes mean that you're a little bit soft on the presentation of what's true and harsh and real and right. That, that comment in and of itself would cause me to run the other direction, subordinating truth to grace as if they're two different things. No, they're not. You're not being gracious if you're not defending the truth. And if you're somehow disparaging the truth by putting it in a secondary category, because in the past we talked about pursuing truth so much, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to talk about grace today. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. That's a sin of omission. That's a sin that comes pretty close to commission because you've blatantly said that truth is not your highest banner any longer. It's not your highest calling. It's not your summum bonum. It's not your highest good. It's not the driving force of your mission any longer. Well, if you're an academic institution and pursuing truth has been subordinated to anything, I would argue you've got a problem and you don't deserve to be on the short list any longer. So here's a quote from John Dewey. I've used it before, but I want to remind you of it. John Dewey once said, you can't make socialists out of individuals. One more time, you can't make socialists out of individuals. Children who know how to think for themselves spoil the harmony of collective society, which is coming, where everyone is interdependent. John Dewey. If you just listen to some of the stuff that's going on in the academic world right now, in colleges and universities, you can almost hear John Dewey chuckling because so many of our institutions have bought that lie that individualists spoil the collective march of society, that we need to be interdependent. It takes a village. You can't be selfish. You can't be concerned with your own individual freedom, your religious freedom your parental rights, your property rights. Those are all individualist goals, and those are wrong. We need to care about one another. We need to be concerned about society, socialists, rather than individualists. And we need to teach our children the higher ideals of collectivism rather than those selfish, personal things that our Constitution and our, and our republic are based on. 
We need to tear that all down, deconstruct it, and reconstruct a perfect and better and glorious society of grace versus one that pursues truth. So you wonder how the fundamental transformation, that's Barack Obama's language, the fundamental transformation of America happened almost overnight. The answer is pretty clear. Just look at America's schools. It all starts with education, garbage in, garbage out, as I've said a thousand times. Ideas have consequences. Good ideas, good culture, good kids, good community, bad ideas, the opposite. And when you send your kids off to re-education camps, don't be surprised to find that they return re-educated. If you want to see the trajectory of your family change, then you need to change your local schools. And you're going to ignore all of this at your peril. So why do I include those three schools? College of the Ozarks, New St. Andrews, and Hillsdale College on my short list, and maybe a couple others that I mentioned earlier. Why do I include them? Because they're speaking about these issues. They're taking the lead. They're not reactive. They're proactive. They're entering the arena, and they're saying, no, we disagree with that. That's wrong. That's going to lead to a bad place. Critical race theory is taking us to bad places. Black Lives Matter and its neo-Marxist foundation, not a good thing. LGBTQIA, subjective identity claims, it's misogynistic. Women are losing and children are losing. They're the first to lose. They're taking this stuff on and they're saying these are, these are terrible ideas. They're lies. And we're going to shine a light in that darkness. Whereas the rest of the schools that want to pretend that they're standing for the traditional Judeo-Christian ethic, for a biblical worldview, are quiet. They're not dealing with this stuff. They're not suing the government. They're not taking the lead. They're not defying what the secular world is peddling. In fact, they're actually embracing some of it. They're bringing in Christian critical race theorists. They're bringing in people that speak in defense of Black Lives Matter. They've, they adopt the language of this neo-Marxist movement. They actually celebrate George Floyd, who was a pornographer. And I'm not saying that what happened to him was right, but I'm saying surely you can find a better exemplar, a better hero than that, can't you? How about Frederick Douglass? How about Booker, Booker T. Washington? How about Harriet Tudman? How about Martin Luther King Jr.? Why not elevate his ideas rather than disparage them and claim that his very driving ethos, character versus color, is wrong and that Martin Luther King Jr. was a racist? Are you serious? If your local college isn't speaking up and challenging this stuff, then your local college is wrong, and it's not worth your money. And that's why it's not on my short list. Now, that's a longer answer than what I gave Glenn Beck, but I wanted to make sure you heard me out. If I've missed some schools, then fine. Um, text me. Message me. Let me know of schools that you think should be on the list. But so far, what I'm seeing is that by and large, almost all of them, are just quiet. They're being ostriches. They've got their head in the sand while the world is going to hell in a handbasket. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.